Welcome to the Back Row Texan Show. Brought to you by the Back Row Sports Network. I'm your host, Branson Thomas, talking all things Houston Texans football. Here we go. Welcome back, Houston Texans fans, to another episode of the Back Row Texans Show. Thank you for coming back and joining us again. This is episode number 10. So, you know, trying to put them out more regularly, and I'm going to do so going forward. And then once the season starts, it will be weekly for sure. Um, We are currently sitting at 615 downloads. That is awesome, guys. Thank you so much, and let's keep up the good work. Keep sharing, keep uh, telling your friends and tell them to tell their friends and let's really build this thing up. So without further ado, let's talk some Houston Texans news and news across the NFL. Let's actually start there. We'll start big and get small. As you know, by now, the NFL and the NFLPA have kind of come to an agreement that there are going to be no preseason games this year. Um, or joint practices with other teams. You know, that's what the players wanted. You know, I don't know if that's necessarily good for the players. I think it's going to be really difficult for the rookies and especially the undrafted free agents or the veterans that are really looking to try to make a difference and make a squad. They use these preseason games and joint practices to showcase themselves, whether it be for the team that they are currently on or another team. And if you take away joint practices and preseason games, there's going to be zero film on any of these players. I mean, the only teams that will have any knowledge of what these players have been doing are going to be the ones they were currently working out for. So if they get cut, you know, it's it's an even harder, a longer shot for them to make a roster somewhere else, especially as an undrafted free agent, because you really don't have any say in it. Uh, Bill O'Brien was recently quoted saying, it's going to be a difficult year for younger players. With no preseason games and less practice, especially having no rookie mini camps, no OTAs in the spring, you're going to have to get down to who your team is faster than you have in the past and get your team ready to go. And to do it in an intelligent way, I've had discussions with a lot of different guys on our team. And he said, one of our leaders is Dylan Cole. 2017, he was a rookie tryout guy. He was undrafted, uh, and we snagged him up, and I was super excited about that. But he goes on saying, he stood out to us, and then we brought him on the 90-man. He played well in the preseason that year, made our team, and is now a special teams captain. It's going to be hard for a guy to do this year. That's just how I see it. It's not that it can't be done. It's just going to be more difficult. And so, like I said, there's no preseason games. There's not going to be any tape out there. So landing gigs elsewhere is going to be extremely difficult. And it's going to have to be relationships among coaches and GMs to share the knowledge and say, hey, this guy didn't make ours, but he is a good, solid player. He might be able to help you out. You know, how willing are they to help each other out? The other thing that's kind of going on with this is 
the rosters, instead of a 90-man roster, it's now an 80-man roster, which the Texans had 85 coming into this offseason here, so they only had to cut a few guys, which helps in a way. And also, they're bumping up the practice squads from 10 to 16, now allowing four to be protected. You know, so originally, seasons past, you'd have guys on your practice squad and other teams could come in and sign them off your practice squad and put them on their 53-man roster. Well, now you have four that are protected that cannot be signed by other teams. So this is really good news for teams who are trying to stash people, say an extra lineman or maybe even your third quarterback. You know, you can have him there protected, not worry about somebody else and not having to have him on your 53-man roster for the season. Now, is this necessarily good for the players? I don't think so. I mean, you're basically being protected. You're stuck on that scouting team and or practice squad, excuse me, and you're not going to get that chance to be signed by another team and be on their active day roster. So while I think, yes, this is a win for the team, you get to hide your gyms, keep them locked up, but the players not getting their chance at potentially playing in a NFL game unless maybe an injury or something of that nature. So for the players, not necessarily a good thing, but for the team, I like it. Moving on from that, we had training camp that started up. Um, so rookies came in, started doing, uh, they had to, day one, they had to come in and take a COVID test. And then they had to come in again and take another COVID test. And you had to pass two tests in order to um, start practicing and stuff on day five. Well, not practicing, but coming into the facility anyways. To start that off, only 12 rookies across the league had tested positive. And for a rookie class that's over 500, you know, that's, that's under 3%, which is really good. You know, it shows that they're being careful and hopefully going forward, that's the same mindset. That includes, you know, undrafted free agents and the draftees. You know, the Texans had one of the smallest rookie classes, if not the smallest, uh, with 14. You know, we had drafted five and then signed nine undrafted free agents. So it's a good sign, you know, across the board that that small amount of people tested positive. And none of the Texans rookies had tested positive, so that's also a good thing. Since then, uh, veterans have started coming in, and it's over 20 players now that have tested positive, which the number is probably going to grow because now you're going not just from rookies but to veterans as well. You would think, yes, that even keeping that same percentage, the number is going to jump. So this is 110 players that have tested positive since the offseason started. This includes guys like Von Miller who have already had it and recovered. So it's not good by any means to have anybody testing positive, but you know that it's going to happen. And the league and the NFLPA have agreed, you know, for the first two weeks of this period, um, it's going to be daily testing. So two weeks of daily testing followed by an adjustment where if that number of positives stays below 
then it will be every other day testing. They've also decided that you're not going to be starting practices right away. It's going to be a strength and conditioning type of deal for a few weeks while this testing is happening. Um, once that point is done, then you really, you're kind of at what, like three weeks basically until the, your first game. So you got three weeks of practices uh, leading up to game one, which, you know, it's not terrible. You're getting guys in shape, in football condition, uh, those first couple weeks, which, let's face it, a lot of guys don't come into camp in shape. So maybe this helps. Uh, maybe it helps prevent injuries, tissue injuries, hamstrings, stuff like that. Kind of a ramp-up period, per se. So that could be good. And so then we'll start practices, and hopefully, you know, we can narrow it down just from that. You're probably going to see a lot of hard live practice, honestly. It's the only way you're really going to get to see situations and how people react to them. Um, you're going to have to have the offense versus defense and throw guys in there and really kind of go at it. Obviously, you don't want to kill Deshaun Watson or any of the quarterbacks. They'll still wear a red shirt, but... Everybody else is going full steam, so hopefully we get something out of that. So also around the league, players have been opting out this season left and right. Uh, most notably, the New England Patriots, I believe, have like seven guys out this year. You know, a lot of people are joking, saying, oh, Bill Belichick is, is winning the, the opt-out season. You know, when you opt out, you're getting $150,000 advanced salary so you know there's players would have to technically give up 150,000 next year but you're getting $150,000 salary and then your contracts kind of troll it it's pauses for this year and then starts up again and if you are in the high risk portion of this um, whether you know you have diabetes or cancer you know James Conner, four years removed from cancer, so he could opt out. He would get 350000 He, if you listen to the Back Row Steelers show, um, they pointed out he is not going to opt out. He's actually going to play. So that's interesting, you know, with some people opting out for other reasons. He's, you know, four years removed from cancer, and he feels as healthy as he's ever been. He's going to play. So when you do that and you're a health, or excuse me, a high-risk opt-out, it's there's no offset. You know, you, you get the $350,000 stipend. It's not like a loan. And you get an accrued credited season. So there's some differences there. The Texans, they have had only one player opt out so far. Uh, the first one to do that was defensive tackle Eddie Vanderdose. Uh, he's a four-year vet. Last year was his first year with the Texans. He played three games for us. He got eight tackles five of them solo. So he's not a major piece to the puzzle, but by losing him in that depth, Houston actually then picked up defensive tackle Albert Huggins through the waivers. He was an undrafted free agent out of Clemson that Houston actually uh, had picked up a couple years back. So if you do recognize the name, that's why. Um, last year, the Eagles had signed him off the practice squad then dropped him. I think the Patriots picked him up, then dropped him, and then the Eagles picked him up again. 
uh, and then put him on waivers, obviously, and we claimed him. So they're bringing in somebody who kind of knows the system and kind of is familiar with Anthony Weaver because, well, Anthony Weaver was here when Albert Huggins was last time. So it's, you know, it's a good thing. You're bringing in somebody who's somewhat familiar and someone that Anthony Weaver is familiar with. You're adding that depth, you know, whether he makes the team or not, it's still a good thing. And hopefully, you know, this isn't a trend where some of our main guys start opting out because honestly, we're not, we don't have the depth at certain positions to start losing major players. You know, fingers crossed, nobody opts out. But if you do, you know, to each their own. I can't judge you for it. You have your personal reasons, whether it be you, your family, or something of that nature. And there will be no ill will towards you. While we want as many of our players on the field as we can possibly get, we also want fans in the stands. And as it sits currently, the Texans are going to operate at about 14,000 fans for regular season games there at NRG Stadium. So this includes the first eight rows having nobody in there. Um, and then they'll be spread out from there. So at least you're going to have some fans, and they will be required to wear masks um, unless actively eating or drinking. We'll see kind of how that goes. I have a feeling it's it's a hard thing to enforce, uh, but hopefully everybody's smart and, well, you know, we don't want to keep the thing spreading. And Houston has been a hot spot lately, so... We don't want to endanger anybody or spread it any more than it already is. So with today be, kind of being a shorter episode, uh, I'm going to end on a little note. Uh, Alex Smith of your Washington football team. I don't know if that's going to ever stick with me. I wish they kind of rearranged the words to, I don't know, Washington team of football or something so I could call them the WTFs. It'd be kind of funny. But either way, Alex Smith has been cleared by his doctors for football activity. I mean, that is a true comeback story. That is amazing. The comparisons to Theismann, it was the same injury, the same score. Everything was so similar. It it was eerie. Same age. And, you know, that, that injury ended Joe Theismann's career. But obviously, uh, the medical world and everything has come leaps and bounds since then to where he can now resume activities and, and realistically, he could play football again. While, you know, I'm rooting for his full health and to be able to do, you know, whatever he chooses to do, I think it's a terrible idea for him to play football again. You know, the risk is so high. Yes, there's risks every day with it, but if he injures that leg again, he will never walk on it again. And that's a big difference. So, yes, if he does end up playing, well, that'll make for a very interesting uh, competition at quarterback because Alex Smith was pretty good. I don't know what he has left now, but it would be pretty good. I think, you know, and I believe I heard this before from our back row Redskins show, as it's still called, to maybe have him come out in victory formation and, you know, take a knee to end the game at the end of the season sometime. You know, have him go out that way, go out on top. He still gets to play. 
or he still gets to be on the field, get dressed, and, and be a part of the team that way. Kudos to him for pushing through. It's an amazing thing. Good luck to you. That is pretty much it for today. You know, it's kind of short and sweet. Um, there wasn't really any any big news. Yeah, so still no Deshaun Watson contract. He did, however, come out and talk about the Mahomes deal, stating a lot of things about change and kind of inferred to the point that he feels Mahomes maybe is more comfortable in trusting the decisions of his organization and that, you know, not his his deal isn't going to be the same for everybody. You know, it, it doesn't work for everybody. So he's excited to to figure out, you know, he's excited. He says he's been talking with his agent and he really, I, I believe he's going to have a shorter deal. I think it may only be a three-year extension uh, after hearing that. You know, he's almost got to do it as like a trial period because then he'll still be coming up on 30 for that next deal and then could decide, well, hey, in these three years added on, do I like where I, what I'm seeing from the organization, from the Texans? You know, hopefully, you know, we're winning. We're winning games still. We're, we're advancing further off into the playoffs. Uh, maybe even a Super Bowl run, that would be, you know, that would be great. But with COVID putting a rink in things, I believe the NFL and NFLPA agreed to a, a floor of $175 million for the cap, um, not to mention whatever we roll over from this year and any, you know, it could go up still if revenues higher than expected or projected. So it's really going to put a wrench into kind of how we handle his contract. If it is an extension um, next year, this year, obviously he'd still be relatively cheap. And then the following year would be his fifth year. So he would still be cheap, cheaper there. So it, it is helping um, to have that option to do it as an extension. If you did it as a, just a contract itself and to kind of null and void the old one, it would be a lot more difficult so hopefully he doesn't go that route. Hopefully he'll play out his his final two years of his rookie deal. That would be you know helpful for the team. And yeah, you know I said that was going to really be it, and I kind of kept going off on a tangent. Uh, one more thing, you know, we had a couple players make the NFL top 100 list. We had Laramie Tunzel. Laramie Tunzel was on there. I believe he was like 66, which he's one of the top tackles. He. Yes, he had issues with false start, but you guys got to remember, he didn't have an offseason with Houston. He came in the week of the first game and basically had to learn everything as he was going, learning how the player next to him, which happened to be a rookie, was going to play and how Nick Martin, you know, snapped the ball and Deshaun Watson's, you know, silent counts or anything of that nature. He had to learn all that as he went. So, Hopefully, having a full off se- a year, a full year, and an off season with him, that'll really lower that, and you know he can jump up the board a little more. Uh, J.J. Watt was on it again this year, and Deshaun Watson, he was up 31 spots from the previous year. I think he was number 20 now, so he's getting a little more respect. I do think he still is owed more. I think he should be higher, and hopefully this year he proves it. So we'll end with that. We'll end on a good note. Um, if anything comes out about a contract or any other Texans news, I'll be on here giving it to you right away. 
stay safe out there. Be smart. Wear your masks. You know, let's help contain the virus and try to keep it from spreading so, you know, one, we can stay healthy, and two, we can have sports back. You know, the MLB has started up, and they've had, you know, a couple outbreaks and have had to postpone games. You're seeing the effects of not having a bubble. You look at the NBA, zero positive tests, and they have a bubble. So who knows? Maybe by the end of the year, the NFL is in a bubble or a couple bubbles. So we'll see. I don't know. But hopefully everybody stays safe. We can have sports and get some sort of normalcy going on in our lives. And don't forget, guys, go Texans!